Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. No One Likes Us Clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. Hi, it's Mr. Bye for now from Millwall Football Club and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another Manic Monday. Joining me to kick over the traces of Saturday's, in the end, excellent 3-2 win over Coventry City is the boy himself, Mr. Ryan Loftus. How are you, Ryan? Very well, thanks. Good afternoon, Nick. And also, we had a, a, a late pullout, so we've got, we've got uh, the, the voicemail from Saturday returns for Monday. It's Mr. Michael Avery. Welcome to the show, Michael. Everyone's delighted that I've filled in. You can just hear the... Uh... <laughs> delete button or the undownload yeah (laughs) undownload or unsubscribe Um, but hello dear listener gentlemen i am going to take you into a time machine i'm going to take you back to the 21st of march 2009 i'm going to take you both on a journey to hartlepool victoria park in hartlepool hartlepool two mill three that day and that was the last time that we came back from two goals behind to win a football match. The goal scorers that day, listeners, I know you're interested. Peter Sweeney, an ex-Millwall name, went 1-0 in the 23rd minute. It went 2-0 up, Hartlepool, in the 25th minute. Disaster. Enter the hero of the hour, Mr. Neil Harris, who scored in the 62nd minute, the 67th minute, and finally put us ahead in 10 minutes of madness for 3-2. Um, that was the last time, chaps, that we won from coming from behind from a two-goal margin. Um, so Saturday's game, as uh, diverse a game as it was, haphazard a game as it was, is quite no- noteworthy. I mean, Ryan, it was it's a very odd mix of a performance Saturday, I felt. Yeah, before the Twitter bods, as they are want to do, completely lay into you, Nick. Uh, mm. I think we have done it more recently than that. Have we? Well, when? Because I, I looked. No, 20, no, I'm, I'm... 2016 at Away to Bury. 2016 we were, uh, away to Bury. I'm going to look that one up as you speak. Wow. James Vaughan goals and uh, Williams penalty, Mark Butcher goal and Aidan O'Brien in the 92nd minute that season. I, and I that stand corrected because my eyes sailed past that. 
Wow. Uh, that, that's purely for your own safety online, Nick. I know. I know well, how these. Things I'm, a, I'm a gentle soul, and I can't. I can't take the abuse, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. If a 2016, um, we did it then. Um, uh, then fair enough. Um, what, what day was it in 2016? November. Right? So was it 26th November? I've got here. Right. Okay. I'm. I'm looking at that as as we speak. But yeah. Um, it don't happen very often, so the game is nevertheless, whether it's 2016 or 2009, it remains noteworthy for that reason alone. But yeah, the, the point still stands. It was it was a, a really really bad start. It kind of felt kind of here we go again. You know, first minute in after after the Sheffield United game, which was not good at all. I think a lot of fans were, despite the optimism, obviously new signing coming in and and a bit of positive news around the club with contracts and and whatnot. I think a lot of people did still they've not been necessarily convinced. I think I think last week's loss kind of took off the shine of the, the opening day win. And to start it how we did. I mean, Coventry were, were were good, but they weren't fantastic. We weren't getting completely played off the park. It looked much more down to our own doing. It looked more that we, we just were putting passes together, no cohesion, mm. no kind of determination to kind of get forward and, and get into the team and and, and get goals. It just looked like we were going to be passively wiped away, like four or five nil after after half an hour, or whenever the second goal went in. But you get a bit of luck, you get back into the game, and and that's what the crowd can do. That's what momentum can do. And by the end of the game, I, you'd probably have to say we were deserved winners. Nick's muted. Nick's not. Nick's not realised he's on mute. Look, there we go. Look, schoolboy error. What a shocking start to this podcast it's been. He, he just he just does he just doesn't want he just doesn't want to admit uh, that you was having very I'm on mute. Oh mate, what shall, shall we re-record it? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't do that. I've got the cat gnawing at the um at my chair here. I'm sure that the BBC don't record in these circumstances, listeners. And I've just been corrected. Uh, Ryan is right. We 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 did do it at Berry in November 2016, quite a dramatic game. Neil Harris was involved in a sense because he'd been managing that day. So uh, there's there's the link. But I mean, Michael, I mean, it, the boos were quite um, distinct all around the ground, certainly in, in, in the West Upper. I mean, the, the, the goal from um, Jake Cooper took the sting out of that situation on Saturday, but it was it was an undercurrent of the afternoon that um, people weren't, weren't convinced, weren't satisfied, and what they were seeing wasn't good enough. No, and I'll... <laughs> I, I'm without trying to be too pessimistic and angry or whatever it is. I can't see how, and with all due respect to what you said there, Ryan, when you said it was like we were sort of like deserved winners and it was it was a good result, and all these people saying it was a good result. And I mean, the result good, should I say? But you know, like it was a good performance. We've come from two nil down. We were dire in that yeah. opening half an hour. We were awful. And do you know what it had? It, do you remember the game against, I think it was Preston a few years ago, where they went 3-0 up in like 27 minutes or something like that? It had a little bit of sort of remnants of that. Maybe Coventry weren't as good as Preston was on the day. But Coventry seemed to move the ball better than we did. They were sharpening us on the ball. Um, I said it on my voice note um, after the game that I sent over to you, Nick, for the, for the listeners who have heard it. We had no shape in the midfield whatsoever. Um, no width, wide play. There was balls being played 30, 40 yards up to a foe bait to somehow try and bring down. I remember there was one time when he brought the ball down quite nicely, ran out to the wing, got the cross back in and bounced around the six-yard box, 10 yards out, and there's literally no one in the no one in the box following up. I thought it was atrocious. I think it was really bad, and I'll go that far. Um, I said in the voice note as well, can you imagine the boos if Jake Cooper's 
hadn't scored before half time because uh, you know Coventry had the one disallowed as well. I don't think Cooper, if you look at it again, he maybe tries to put it on target, but I don't think he meant to score. I think it was a bit of a fluke goal in truth. But let's not be so anti-mirable in this breath. We did sort of sharpen up after 20, 30 minutes. Um, you mentioned, Nick, um, the other day about Honeyman, how um, he's, he's come in and he's doing quite well. And now we're sort of, he's, he's become a bit of a linchpin and now we've missed him. But we can't rely on Honeyman having a good game in the midfield or not and pulling strings as to whether we actually get ticking or not. I know Berry did well. Um, but it seems a little bit like George Honeyman doesn't play particularly well. We don't seem to know what to do from the midfield and going forward, and that's something we need to work on as a team. But it's three points, it's three two. Yeah, um, it seems it seems rather um, I don't know downbeat to be moaning, but I think you have to look at a game honestly. And the purpose of these shows, listeners, is that we give you an honest account of what we saw Saturday. And it, I mean, I think you use the term about character, Michael, the cliche of character, um, which every every side needs to come back. I think maybe Gary Rowett did in his in his post-match interviews because it's the first thing that you think of. But to get it's two weeks in a row now, Ryan, we've gone two goals behind, looking pretty dire. And I, I, I with the Cambridge performance in the mix, which is a Caribou Cup, so maybe that counts, maybe it doesn't count. I don't know. There are Questions. I mean, the defensive error for the first goal was a question. I mean, we've got to get that right. We can't carry on at this level um, conceding soft goals like that, can we? And they're post-ball and we seem to struggle with it. And that worries me. Yeah, I think it's slow starts are never good. I think the, what you want from the performance on Saturday, obviously kind of what the message would be to take from it is that the, the character and the resilience to come back in it. I think the Sheffield United game, there, there's a clear like massive split at the moment between our home and away like mm. performances. Mm. I think Sheffield United, there's no chance that we, we just don't get back into a game like that. We've, we've had some pretty bad shows on the road recently, but like without ever getting completely wiped aside, that was, you know, maybe a, maybe a, a bit of an outlier there, but yeah, it's, it's hard. I, it's, it's not super clear why it's happening. Obviously the team isn't massively new. I mean, there are enough new players. I think that maybe helps with the, or maybe damages the midfield a bit where you've got Honeyman and Shackleton who are both new alongside Mitchell, where it's a bit less settled. Last season, obviously, with the injuries, it was pretty much Savile and Mitchell every single week. So used to a bit more solidity. And now you've got Cresswell, who, as good as his first game was, is quite clearly still finding his feet, is not going to be the best centre-back at the club um, straight away. He's going to take a little bit of time to, to get into it, find his feet. Still question marks over how the attack is going to look. How is it going to work? Who's going to play where and how are the chances going to come? Malone isn't necessarily clicking. Danny McNamara is kind of only just getting up and running. So there's enough reasons, I think, that the team is not where it needs to be from the start of the season, not to mention all the injuries that are already taking place. That Yeah. You know, yeah. It's almost that the starting lineup is, it almost feels like you know exactly who's going to start at the moment, bar one or two purely because of the numbers we've got. I mean, I think a lot of play fans might want to see Hutchinson come back in. I think that might be a good shout for for Tuesday and, and maybe Saturday, where we're going to be playing teams who hold on to the ball a bit more, just to to get a bit more leadership in the back. Um, there's been a couple of occasions where, you know, no one's kind of taking responsibility, take, making that assertive decision at the back that Hutchinson, you think, would bring. For Cresswell know. for you, Ron? Or Cresswell to, to drop for Hutch? Yeah, I, I think so. I think... I think Murray, Murray Wallace, I did tweet during the game, he, he'd had, he had an absolute stinker yesterday. Especially, he had a, especially, he had a, a very rare one, but 
I think he himself, I know he had a bit of an injury trouble during the week and I think we can all forgive Murray Wallace uh, the odd week where he's not at it, I'm sure. You know, enough people have those sort of days in their life. He just doesn't have to be doing it at the den in front of 15,000 people. But yeah, I, I think Hutchinson may be coming in for Cresswell. I imagine Savile might come in as well for maybe even Shaq yeah. or maybe even Mitchell just to get a bit more experience in there for, for Tuesday at least, just to keep the squad fresh. Bennett obviously is now out for eight weeks. It, it's a problem when you're relying on players who are so injury prone. You know, when 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 you know this, you know you're only going to get 10, 15 games out of players, it really becomes a problem. So I think I think from this performance, I agree with Mike was saying, you know, we were so poor to start. But I think at this point of the season, take the points, take the comeback. Um the first goal was incredibly fortunate. I think yes, it like, was. I don't, I don't think Cooper was trying like he wasn't really shooting. The goalkeeper just came rushing out so far and and completely cocked up and gave us a lifeline back in it. That's all we needed though. But um yeah, I think take the three points and and take the positives. If anyone listens to the uh, the live commentary, the stream of consciousness that I did on Saturday, there's a good delay from the actual moment. You might not be able to tell it from the audio, but um, I actually couldn't believe I was seeing what I was seeing because the ball seemed to loop in slow motion into the net, and I thought, "Has it gone? In, has it gone in that direction?" It's obviously come off of the from the melee off of Jake Cooper's head. And where was the goalkeeper? He was in the middle of it. Uh, I mean, Michael, just going back to Murray Wallace, I'll forgive a player a lot when he will take a ball full in the face, as Murray did. I think it was in the second half, uh, a blasted shot from inside the penalty, and he took it straight in the mush. And I thought, "Well, there's your modelling career over." Murray with that, that 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 ball, but he didn't flinch, and I, I that's character for me. I, I, I'm he had a bad game, but I love him to bits, nevertheless. Yeah, he um he struggled. I mean, I think there was one point as well where he, he didn't hit a pass or like three to four yards. He just straight <laughs> out for a throw, and you sort of it's one of those you know you know the gif of where they all face palm each other from like the naked gun. And you know, it's a bit like me like speaking with mute on, isn't it? It's just like that. Is that yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Chris, I just, I just, he looks a bit lost for me out there at the moment. He, he looks a little bit like he's been yeah. overwhelmed by the den. And the yeah, I think, I think, and this is what I said in my, you know, in in our chat, didn't I? And again, I'm I'm not I'm not suggesting anything. This is pure pure Michael just thinking outside the box and a little bit out loud kind of thing. But I always remember with Neil Harris when um, he he would never sign a player on loan, would he? I think it was it, but was it Barini we sent back or oh, someone? Oh, Fabrini, 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 Fabrini. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he got sent back because apparently he had to get promised a certain amount of minutes, and Neil Harris didn't want that type of player, and he's turned down loan deals. But I said in our in our group chat, didn't we, with Creswell, when I said I I'm, I wasn't at the Sheffield United game. I've seen the highlights. I've seen what people have said online and everything like that. But apparently, it wasn't one of his best games. He didn't play particularly well. Um, at the den Saturday just gone and like Ryan says earlier on and a few people have said maybe it's the time for him to have a little bit of a breather and settle in but are, are the Creswells and the Shackletons getting these game times ahead of players like Hutchinson and Savile because there could be some clause somewhere that says they've got to play X amount of games possibly you'd hope, you'd hope not but um, it's possible um it because does I just can't like... understand Nick how Savile can go from being one of the best players on the pitch for Sheffield United then gets dropped and he scores the winner after coming on as a sub. And then we're still saying, 
do we start Savile? Is it time? To, you know, it should be if 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 that was your if that was your full entire squad contracted players. Don't worry about loans and minutes to players. You'd be like, well, Shackleton, you're going to sit out the next one because we've got to put George Savile back in. Well, you and hope that's, that's going to be the equation. You hope that's the balance that the manager makes and isn't under any kind of uh, contractual pressure to do otherwise. But yeah, I'm not saying he is or he is. I don't know. It's just it's just a guess. I mean, uh, I think I'm entitled now, Ryan, to officially designate Mason Bennett as injury-prone Mason Bennett. There, there was a piece on the was it news at Den bemoaning the fact that he gets tagged at, but I think we can officially call him the, the injury-prone Mason <laughs> Bennett. Injury-prone might be under, understated, I think. Uh, <laughs> at this point, when you're more injured than fit, maybe the fitness <laughs> needs to come into the... Uh... You know, maybe he's health sceptic, maybe. Health sceptic, health denier. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it did at least have the, 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 the double-sided coin of bringing in the the, the, the bit of flair that we're crying out for in Tyler Bury. Um, I mean, I, I'll make no bones about it, listeners. I love Tyler Bury to bits because he brings that bit of the unexpected. I mean, Ryan, he... It was very much. Um, he, he was. He was a standout player on 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 the uh, on the pitch on Saturday from the Millwall perspective, and that shot to uh, be pushed onto the palm onto the post for Honeyman to finish was the the moment where we probably really did get back into the game at that stage. Um, I mean, it'd be great to see him make a start. Um, he deserves it, doesn't he? After that performance. Yeah, I think so. And as much as Rowett wants consistency from him obviously he needs to be given the, the chance to be consistent it, it's, a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword in that in terms of you know giving him 10 minutes every now and then isn't isn't the best I think the, the best we've seen from him is when he's had those games that he's come on to replace generally Mason Bennett for injury I think the QPR game where he got his first goal as well was the same he got over an hour coming on to replace an injury so I think that's what he needs I I, I wouldn't I would like him to start I think I wouldn't Mind, I think probably won't go as many attackers if if uh, Vogel Summer is is cleared to play. You know, him and Defoe and and Bury all together could be could be an interesting link up. I think when Fleming comes back, I'm really interested to see Bury and Fleming together. I think they could they could pair up quite well. I'm, I'm very much in your camp, Nick. I absolutely love him. I think he's when when you go to football matches, as much as you want your team to win, and obviously that's that's generally the be all and end all of what you want, but Obviously, what you want is entertainment, and what you want is is exciting players to watch. You know, you do want, want to be entertained, and you want to be excited. Yeah, agree, even yeah. when Mill were winning one nil and slogging get results out, that's great on the road. That that's always a, a difference on the road. But at, at home, you know, there's a lot of people who haven't been happy with us winning games because they've not been as as exciting as they are. And that's what Bury brings. He just he just glides past players. I mean, that run that he did where I think he picked up in the middle and then beat about three of their players while they're all mm. trying to hack him down to the ground and can't mm. get near him. And then even, like you say, the goal takes it off of, I can't remember, because of Shackleton, maybe he was out there, takes it off of his toe, skips through the two players that were closing in on him and whips in that shot. And if it wasn't for like, what is a, a is a phenomenal save, as bad as Moore was for the first goal, that was a phenomenal save to get a hand on that. Tom and Heineman yeah. taps it in, but... You know, if, if Bury actually gets that goal, then I mean, we're waxing lyrical about him now. I don't, I, I dread to think what we'd been if that had flown. I would have gone through the uh, the West Upper Roof personally with, if they'd got it from from the open play in that way. Uh, I had to laugh, incidentally. I don't know if you saw this, Michael. Someone was having a dig at uh, Tyler's a great player, but sort your hair cut out. And someone didn't like his beaded hairstyle. I felt like replying, and maybe I will do now if you're listening this to this uh, tweeter, uh, anonymous tweet. You can wear a Marie Antoinette wig for all I care if you can produce those kinds of moments 
from open play because that's what we're crying out for at the minute. It'd be wonderful to see him really take his chance now. Let's hope he's picked on, on Tuesday night, tomorrow night at Swansea, and see him press on. Um, are you a fan, Michael? Yeah, no, I'm a fan of Bury. Um, I'm not. I'm, I'm not sure whether the club shop talking to the hair comment should maybe sell like the sort of wigs that we could all put on. That would go um, down the storm. That, that's going to that's going to draw a lot of good publicity for us if we did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd be great. Um, <laughs> but with, um, but with, no, with Bury, I I I think. Um, do, do, do what am I as excited about Bury as you two? I'd say he has the potential. Obviously, um, he's got absolute bags of potential the boy he can run he's strong on the ball he's competent um he keeps the ball well when he's running with it at pace he can also knock it on and then run onto it that kind of thing he's obviously got a nice touch i think with me like you were saying a second ago ryan you spot on him that's what we'd like for gary rowett and the consistency because you'll have you'll see him one game like you saw him in last saturday against qpr and yeah. yes, um, again, I'm not just saying because I was there and there were a lot, I was there and maybe some of you weren't, but like the Dartford game when he was absolutely unplayable. Mm. But then there'll be games where you're like, oh, blimey, I didn't even realise Bury was there. He's, he's not touched the ball for a quarter now. You know, and I think that's that's the sort of difference where I know we always refer back to him, but that sort of with with the Jed, you know, he's sort of the spiritual, spiritual successor to Jed. If Jed's not in the game, he'll go and look for the ball and he'll go and get it. You know, whereas I think Bury needs to sort of be given the ball um, a lot more um, to, to, to do attacks with. But again, he's a different type of player. Um, let's see what this potential has got. And, and again, let's be positive because like you say, Ryan, regardless of whether he's got the haircut he's got now or he's got a Tina Turner wig on, we would have lost if he weren't playing. Um, and I thought he had a good, he had a good game, give him a chance in the side and, and let's see what happens. It, but it's it's the belief that he's got to get from his manager because he's, he's convinced the fans. He's, he's obviously convinced his teammates. Um, it's just his manager now, isn't it? Really. Achtung, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I think, I think as well, I think... It needs to be remembered that he's not he's not playing in position. Like he's he's a winger. He's quite clearly a winger. He's uh you know, Harris I think brought him in as a right winger to uh, maybe kind of 
Rowett kind of started moving over to left, but he's being he's coming in the moment playing as as a striker or one of the strikers. I think it'd be better if if he was one behind two strikers and was given a bit more freedom. But you know, at, at twenty one, trying to make your breakthrough at the championship, which is as we all know a really hard league to do it in, and you have to have the ability. It's not a great environment to to learn in if you're not really going to reach that level anyway. So, you know, he's playing out of position. He has to learn not just his own game, but now adapting to playing slightly differently maybe than he wants to. But it was I think it was promising to see yesterday that he managed to do that quite well. And like I say, Mike, like you say, Michael, I think as long as he delivers, I don't think anyone anyone's really going to be complaining about about the haircut. I, I just love his willingness to take a risk because uh, that's what the, the side lacks generally. I think that's it's a side in Gary Rowett's image in, in certain starting one on Saturday, um, which tends to be risk averse. But um, Tyler will pick the ball up. He will take men on. He will have a go. He will do the unexpected. Um, it reminds me of, I mean, we've mentioned Jed already. It reminds me of going back a while to Paul Eiffel and going back still further for the older listeners, Trevor Lee, back in the day players that will um, do the unexpected. I also want to um, mention the fact that it was Tyler's run out of defence that earned the double yellow card for Hamer, I think it is, Coventry's player yeah. that was sent off. Yeah. And that was the turning point, Ryan. That was when we finally dismantled a 10-man side because we've always, for reasons that fail me, beyond me, um, we've always struggled against 10 men, but we didn't on Saturday. We pressed on and won it. And that was that was a big moment, really. Yeah, it's it's like I say, that's the, the small things you've got to take. I remember, you know, during the game, as, as soon as it goes down to 10 men, you do kind of think, oh, here we go. It, it just never seen. I'd like to see the stats, really, if if, if any listeners really are, are quite bored at the moment, want to go back and see games Mill have come up against 10 men. But that's... Uh, <laughs> I won't do it. Not after my me, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've got any plans this afternoon. I think <laughs> it won't be that. Life might, be a, might be a job for you, Nick. But you know, it never seems to happen for Mill when we're down to 10 men. But... But I say that's that's the Bury's really good at drawing fouls. He's I know that's that's a big stat like Wilfred Zaha and and Jack Grealish get thrown about them a lot. Is that they they win so many fouls and if we can get a couple of good free kick takers on the pitch, I think Honeyman has been really hit and miss with his delivery. I, I think I think uh, Fleming's supposed to be pretty good, especially direct free kicks. If we get someone on there getting up the pitch and, and winning fouls, you know, with the height we've got in the team and with the, mm. the aerial threat we've got. That that again is another tactic that that plays into the hands of how we want to play. I think Hamer Hamer is a notorious kind of fouler for Coventry. I think you can see pretty much from the first half he was going to get sent off at some point in that game. I think he he was just flying into everyone and he, and he, he tried to sell it with the little hold in his head, didn't he? But well, he was a classic example of the player that gets carried away by the den because it's this bare pit of a, of a, of a venue. Yeah. Um, and I, I think even Cresswell for our, on our side has, has become a little bit drawn into this kind of manic um, pressure that, that the den generates. Certainly well, Hayman had, had a little bite she, as well himself. He did, he? yeah. And I mean, it's, it's both a good thing and a bit of a curse, isn't it? But it's, it, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll take it as, uh, as the benefit that it can be on Saturday because I think Hamer got carried away with the heat of the moment and um, was still mouthing off as he left the pitch. I mean, Michael, I mean, the $64,000 question is once Pretty Patel gets um, Vogel Sammer, his, his work permit, to cross the border and actually pick up his tools and start playing, what impact the, uh, the, the U-boat will have on, a, on, our, on our front row? I mean, that's, that's going to be the, uh, the big question. I, I'm hoping that um, if he scored goals in the German second division, as he seems to have in the past, that he can score goals in the English second division. 
Um, are you hopeful of, of uh, Von Von Vogelsammer? Um Well, it's going to be difficult to get his name on the back of the shirt if it goes well, isn't it? You know, I'm looking forward to saying it in every different way I can. But you know, Eric Von Vogelsammer. Yeah, it's but I, 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 what, do you know what you you sort of like teed me up there, Nick? Because I was just going to sort of jump in on what Ryan said after that. The the one thing, the one thing that's getting me a little bit, and I know you've you've mentioned it. I think it was on your last show, Nick, um, or on the live stream. But what's massively concerning me, and I'm hoping that the, the, the new German chap can, uh, can fix it, is we don't. I don't know about you guys, is like, but if you look at the Stoke game, we've scored. We scored two from set pieces, wasn't it? It was two, mm. two points scored from. Yes, and I know it's. I know it's a bit um, tricky to say when you score three in a game, but Cooper's was a lucky hit. Um, sort of uh, a phobe to Savile back and forth, bounced around a little bit. We don't seem to have that player, even Buren, this is why I said he's got the potential, we need to see it consistently. I don't think we've got anyone at the moment at the den who can pick a ball from sort of 20, 30 yards out and go, right, something's going to happen now and something's going to be exciting. And you you know the keeper, at least the keeper will be tested here. You know, if Obey gets the ball, yes, he does okay, but he has a he has a tendency to maybe put him a bit wide or over, overdo his touch. Um, a low fade when he come on, I don't really think he did anything of note. And it shows that you, you can't balance that with Bury being so ready for the championship. A low fade clearly needs to be loaned out, in my opinion, because I just think the sort of pace of the game got to him a bit. His touch let him down. He had that one right at the end, didn't he, where he overhit, overhit the ball and it ended up going to the goalkeeper. Mm. Um, would, would you think I'm being harsh? Or, 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 do, you, or, or do, do you think that what we've got at the moment... Could now that we've seen it after a few games, three, four games, maybe pre-season five or six, do you think we've got enough that could actually now say we can realistically challenge for that top six? I I don't think going forward we do. I I I think, and you made a good point in your voicemail on Saturday, Michael, um, talking about the the shapelessness of our midfield. Um, there's a lot that needs sorting. I, I think the ingredients are there. I don't know what you think, Ryan. I think the ingredients are there, but we we don't seem to have the right mix. We don't seem to have the right tactics. We seem to be a little bit uh, off off it generally. How we've got three games in being so off, I struggle with. I mean, that comes back to the manager because it's his job to get these things sorted out. Um, certainly midfield and and to some level uh, defensively, sadly, we, we were giving the ball away so cheaply. That's That doesn't need... Uh, work on the training round. It just needs professional attitudes when you cross the threshold of the of the tunnel. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe it's been a bit harsh. I think we've we've played three games and we've scored five goals and and three of them have been set piece. Like, I think I think it's fine. I don't understand the stigma of our goals come from set pieces. Like, so what? No, like, I don't. No, we, don't we're scoring three goals a game and they're all corners. I don't understand why that's a problem. No, 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 no. My, my, no, no, no. My, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I just say yeah, that's yeah. what. That's often labelled as a criticism against it. I think a third of all goals in football are set pieces. Like that's mm. that's fine. Stoke we played, who are stodgy. It's 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 bloody Michael O'Neill. Like he he managed he managed Northern Ireland to like the most boring one nil results all the way to the Euros. Like that was always going to be the case. Sheffield United we played terribly, and then in this game we scored two goals that weren't set pieces. Like that were that were pretty good goals on the counter attack. I know what you're saying about Alafe. I think I think it's hard to tell. I think. Again, in his defence, he did have two minutes on the pitch, so I don't think you can really judge a player after that. And the pass he got from from Bury for that chance was like quite a lot behind him. Um, 
I, I, I think the midfield is where you would look at how are we generating these chances, how are we doing it. Yeah. But I think that the the system Rowett plays, the midfield isn't there to generate the chances. That's just not. It's not every football system is built the same. So the Rowett system is built. The wing backs need to do it, and that's where the, for me the more of the concern is McNamara and Malone need to be a lot more um, proficient. Neither look great at the moment, Ryan. Did I? No, that, that, I was the, that was that was the point I made as well last week, Ryan. It was like, and I, we we said there was just no width, was no. there on on Saturday? No, and that's where it comes from. And I think I, I did say yesterday to to a couple of guys in, in the press room before Rowett came up. I think in January we'll be in for a wing back for a left wing back. Mm. Um, I I I don't think Malone is going to last longer than this season in terms of being a Tuesday or Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday championship wing back who is getting up and down the pitch and consistently delivering i think he gets a lot of criticism because for giving the ball away when when his role is to be an attacker he's a, he's an attacker in the team like he's not a defender like he he just isn't a defender in in the team and he does give the ball away a bit but that's generally because he's is in the final third because he's trying to unlock something and he's not got the best like service around him and that that's fair enough but he also does have bad games and doesn't perform well i didn't think he was great against coventry um, I think so. I think that's going to be an area where we're gonna we're going to need to strengthen, and I think that might be if that if if you're like you see, look at Chelsea, you know, obviously it's a different level, but going outside Mark Kukurea when they've already got Ben Chilwell, who's really good, but as soon as he was injured last year, their whole system was knackered because it's so reliant on the wing backs that you need good wing backs all the time. And Murray Willis can do really good, but obviously isn't quite as attacking as Malone, and then you need Danny McNamara or Ryan Leonard to deliver on the other side. And that's when you can play narrow with with strikers who who are in the box getting the goals. Without that, then you are forced to go through the middle. And with Mitchell, with Saville, Shackleton maybe a bit less, but Honeyman, none of them are complete like playmakers, distributors who get yeah, on. Yeah, 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 exactly. They don't, they, don't, they don't look up and forward as a first. Um, no, exactly. Ball. I think Honeyman and Shackleton are more so. And I think Rowett has obviously tried to change the midfield in that sense. Like what, last year when we had... Evans and Kieftenbeld and Saville and Mitchell, no one was looking to try and play a forward pass. Saville, you see what he's done recently is he's playing him a lot further forward. He obviously played him a bit more as a defensive midfielder last season. He's now pushing him even further forward to get in the box and obviously he got a goal um, on Saturday. So the system is so reliant on the wing-backs that the midfield does become a problem as soon as they're not very good, which I think is what we saw on Saturday is that then you needed the attacking impetus of Bury to come on and and kind of the game to get a bit disjointed and the counter to open up a bit more, which which is then what suits Mill. But that won't be every game. No. Let's look on the bright side. We all we've done is moaned. I brought you two onto this show. We've all been moaning. We're fourth in the table. We're in the playoff spots at the moment, chaps. Um I know only three games gone. Two wins and one loss. Um if only we could freeze the table right here, right now. Our opponents on Tuesday, Swansea, are in mid, mid-table mid respectability. They've won uh, one, one, drawn one, lost one. And our Friday night opponents, which is probably looking like um, the tough game of, of, of the of the tougher game of the two, perhaps. Norwich are uh, bottom of the table with only one one draw and two, two losses. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that the season will finish with those, those kinds of positions, but... Um, there's no reason to be downhearted. We just really need to bring our A game and be on it, Ryan, from the very start. That's where we've gone wrong um, Saturday and at Bramall Lane as well. We just weren't on it from the start. We switched off cold. Yeah, def- definitely. And I think Swansea, 
away is going to be a it is it's going to be a good opportunity to kind of correct the away form. I think that they're, they're they're not they've not started fantastically. They're you know what you're going to get. They're going to keep the ball. They're going to try and build it. And you know we all remember Rowett when he first came in, where we couldn't buy an away win, and he came mm. in and we won three out of four. Where we sit back and counter attack, and that's where again you think Bury would be great to come in because his pace on the break. You know, obviously he's not going to start him, but Alafe is electric pace. You know, if he can get 10, 15 minutes rather than two minutes, if we need a goal, it's just something for teams to worry about. But we're about defensive discipline. Same with Norwich. I think Norwich will look to keep the ball as well. So these are two away games now that are a good opportunities for Millwall to kind of fix that away form yeah. that they've had. It will just depend on how disciplined they are and how well they can take attacks, uh, take their chances. Obviously, like Michael was saying, they need to be able to create something. And you don't, you know, could be coming that we win these two games, 1-0 set pieces. And again, can't complain with the results. But then you start to think, you know, like Michael was saying, we need another way of getting goals as well. So, yeah, I think there'll be interesting games. Neither of them have started maybe as well as you think. And obviously, 10 games into the championship, no one knows how anyone's doing. You know, you turn up one week against a side who you think are awful when they whack you. Then you think you're playing the best side in the league and you're beating 3-0. Like, these games are just about getting as many points on the board as possible early on until the league kind of sorts itself out with who's going to be where. Yeah, I mean, the quarter mark is at uh, 10 to 12 games-ish, really, isn't it? If you were in very rough terms, so that'll be the moment where we get a proper picture as to, as to our fortunes for the season. But um, two tough games, Michael, nevertheless. Swansea away and, and Norwich away. We don't have a great record at Norwich, I know that much. Swansea, we, we won there a couple of years ago. I went down for it. It wasn't last season, the season before, perhaps, or the season before of COVID. Um, but two, two tough away fixtures, nevertheless. Yeah, yeah, and they're, 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 like you said there, Nick, and um, what you're saying about um, what you're saying about Norwich, it, with three games into the season, they, they're not they're not going to be down the bottom, and they desperately need a win. But the difference is in with with team. There's teams who desperately need a win and panic, and then there's teams who desperately need a win, and then they've got someone in charge, like Norwich have, who who is who knows the game, is patient, won't do anything silly. And just knows all I need is that one win as the catalyst to uh, to get the season going again. And who's to say it's not going to be against Millwall? Nor- Norwich are a good side. Um, I know it's not started too well for them, but like I said to my friend the other day, the thing is with these teams who go down, there's always one who sort of struggles at first because you could have a team like a Rotherham, for example, or a Wigan who don't spend very long in the Championship when they do come up. They play against a team like Norwich and they play against a team relatively early. They're going to go at them all guns blazing because, you know, chances are they'll be at the bottom of the table, might go down again and won't play the teams of this calibre for a little while. So as much as Norwich, yes, they're near the bottom of the table, they're, every, every team's a banana skin for them. And that's that's the problem that is, is Dean Smith's their manager, isn't it? That's, that's, the yeah, problem yeah. that's the problem he's got, but he will he will um, revitalise the team. I mean, it, it, Timu Puki's still there, isn't he, as well? So, you know, he, he knows where the back of the net is at this level and, and the division above. But... Like Ryan just said there, which is a good point. Do you know what? Let's actually think about worrying from scoring an open play after we beat them one nil from a counter attack or from just, a um, from from a set piece. <laughs> Let's worry about it then. I was just going to ask for a score prediction. Is that your score prediction for Tuesday? At, uh, I could nearly call it the Vetch Field, listen as well. How old am I? Uh, the Liberty Stadium. Um, <laughs> do, you what? do you know what? Do you know what? I would. Considering how close the games are together and the fact that we've got a little bit of an injury list at the moment, 
I'd I'd take a, like a, a a a draw and a win from either. I, I can't say which one I'd rather get the draw from and which one I'd rather get the win from. But if you could get four points from these, if you get four points from these next six games, and as a Millwall fan, two you've games, got two, two uh, t- sorry, two games. Sorry. So if you if you get four points from the next two games, and as a Millwall fan, you can say you've opened the season with ten points from a possible twelve. That's outstanding as a Millwall fan, in my opinion. Mm, no, I, what about you, Ryan? Score prediction for Tuesday? Yeah, I think I think it one nil on Tuesday. I think I, I have faith that they're going to sort of help the the go back to a classic Gary Rowett away performance, and then I feel like we'll follow that up with a classic nil nil away to Norwich, which I feel like is our favourite result there. <laughs> one the one goal from two games, ninety minutes. <laughs> I'm going to go for sheets, but two clean sheets. I'm going to go for uh, a one nil win at uh, Swansea and Isaac Alofi late late goal. Um, from a Tyler Bury cross, let's make it Hollywood style. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, Norwich away, tough game, tough game. We'll see how we do on Tuesday before I start calling that one, chaps. I want to say thank you for your patience and your forbearance to Ryan Loftus and to Michael for hanging about for me whilst I took forever to uh, get on the call today. Um, thank you to you two, dear listeners, for tuning into the show. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. I'm going to do a, something for Friday night show with, with Neil Fizz on, on, on Thursday. So, fingers crossed for tomorrow night. I'm going to play out with uh, a voicemail from Saturday from Mr. Harry Warren. Um, and I hope you enjoy this, MH. So until then, bye for now. You have been listening to Achtung. Millwall, please do leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Danke schon. Up the lines. Well, it's not quite um, over to Harry listeners, as is the way of podcasting, recording, um, news breaks as you are editing your final cut for the show. So I was just on the brink of posting um, the final recording from this afternoon's Manic Monday, when the news broke that Danny McNamara has signed a new long-term deal. Just looking at the club website for further details to uh, bring it to you. And unfortunately, you've got to sign into Mill TV to get the interview. Any road, it is excellent news. I'm really, really glad for Danny. I'm really glad for the club. And I'm really glad for all of us as fans, because it puts an end to what's been um, a persistent headache over the course of the whole summertime when we don't really need that. As we've seen the last couple of games uh, defensively and in midfield, we've been a bit disorganised. I'm really hoping that Dan can now focus on his game. He's a very talented boy. He's one of ours. He's one of our own. With that little stop press, I'm going to take you now over to Harry, over to his Saturday um, post-match recording, and hopefully allude to some of the reasons why it's such great news that Danny Mack has renewed his contract. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. Boys, here's my thoughts on yesterday. Um, if we start the way we started the game yesterday, we will get beat a lot. Um, we were absolutely abysmal. Um, we had no defensive sort of organisation. The midfield three were passive. Um, we needed a runner in there, really. We've got no one that can carry the ball. Compared to Coventry, who had players that carried the ball, like picked the ball up, passed it, run with it, drove at the opposition's defence. You don't have anyone that can do that. Um, and that really showed in the first half hour. The game changes. Despite them being 2-0 up, the game changes on 
their um, goalkeeper's mistake. And uh, really, from that point on, although they had chances, they never cut us open as simply apart from that Bart save late on. Um, and we sort of often puffed our way back into it for a moment of time. The, the equaliser is a pure Tyler Bury bit of brilliance. All right, he doesn't score, but nine times out of ten, I mean, what a finish that was. And then Honeyman is alive and taps it in, which is great. I don't know if he was offside, but why is he the only one following in? Like, but you can't, you can't knock it. And then we've got a uh, what do you call it? Then we've got the most important thing is. We got the three points. We got the win late on, and and we'll go from there. We'll we'll take our win and we'll we'll move on. But we played badly and won. So you know, would we have won that game last season? You know, with the draws, um, six from nine looks a better lot better than four from nine. Um, fourth in the table. No one's got hundred percent record apart from Blackburn who've played two games. I think they play later today. If they didn't play yesterday, but they might have been the team that was meant to play commentary. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, we've got, you know, we've got six points from nine. All right, we're at the Carabao Cup. That might be a blessing in disguise. And um, yeah, I, I just thought, like, I thought the subs were late as well. I know we've ended up winning, but in that eight, when you've got five subs to make and we've only made one, and then we bring on Leonard for Creswell, was it, in the end? And we brought Leonard on for Creswell, and we brought uh, Evans on and Savile on. We still didn't make another change, and we brought Alofi on. Um, but Alofi, we need another striker. I mean, I feel harsh on the boy, but he should have just taken that first time, just blasted it. I mean, I'd rather him blast it over. I suppose we could have turned around and said, oh, um, you know, he's he's rushed it, he's taken too much time. But with the benefit of that first touch, you might as well have shot first time. Um, I think I'm being a little bit harsh on the boy. I also don't get Leonard playing at the back when I think he's the player that can actually move with the ball in midfield. Um, but there we go. You know, it's been ultra critical when you've won a game, but that's how I feel. But uh, yeah, won the game and uh, that's the important thing and we'll move on. But uh, come on, you lines. No one likes us clothing is the clothing range designed by Millwall fans for Millwall fans. Caps, t-shirts, polos, they've got it all. Visit noonelikesus.co.uk for the full range. Or, if you're in Bermondsey on a match day, why not have a pint in the Blue Anchor pub and pick up a Nolu polo shirt, Nolu clothing, www.noonelikesus.co.uk. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.